We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. Welcome to the Vale Podcast, in bed with Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone. New name, same people, more stuff. We are in bed. Have you been into Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone? No, we're not in bed. I didn't make You're frowning at me, John. Yeah, well, I, I was a bit thrown by that, I thought. We're in the right no. place. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're in bed with Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone, whose Black Friday sale is on today. And there's a double page spread about all the Black Friday sales in town in the Robin Vale Sentinel. How are you, John Neal? I'm very well, thanks. I've just done my laps at the pool. Oh, have you? How good is the pool now? The pool is excellent, mm. but I had a bit of competition oh. because this lap board oh. Kyle's got up. Mm. And it's, it's inspired a bit of a competitive nature in a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Alison Black, who swims laps mm-hmm. wonderfully mm. and always has, and young Murray Edmonds. Oh, gosh. Is, Muzz dog. Is, is refusing <laughs> to let her beat him. So when I got to the pool today, he'd done... 110. Today back. he'd done a – see, I was but going to be – his con- aim is 200 and uh, so for today. Yeah, okay. For today. Yeah. Because he's he's a long way behind Alison at the moment. Mm. But, um, yeah, so um, – but the lap thing is, is quite – I refuse to put mine up there and I've told Kyle I won't put my laps up there until he has a veteran's – Oh, that's a good idea. Because it's not fair. I mean, I'll look shocking. Do I qualify for veterans? No. Why not? No, because you're not old enough. You're not old enough. Surely I am. Surely an over 40. I was listening to the ABC radio the other day and it was, they were talking, it's that uh, thing that John Fane used to do just before midday, conversation hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was this young guy. He's obviously some sort of celebrity. I call him young, but he was in his early 40s. And That's it was about, young, John. It was about body image for males. Right. Because everybody thinks it's only women that worry mm. about body image. Anyhow, so they were talking and this guy was saying how every time he walks past a mirror and he, he looks and thinks, oh, yeah, mm. it could be. And then he he uh, he's, has this system of positive reinforcement or something. And he was, he was saying that what counters his bad image is that he's in his early 40s and he exercises every day mm-hmm. and he thinks that's an achievement. Yep. I go swimming every day <laughs> and I'm 70. <laughs> yeah, so that's an achievement. Yeah, And yeah. you should be congratulated. And if there's lightning and Kyle won't let get me get in the pool, I'd do my rowing. Well, there you go. See, that's an achievement. Yes. He's got it kicking along, hasn't but he? One of the really, I think you've been going to the pool for quite a while, mm. or the leisure centre and that. And I think one of the wonderful things is we have such superb staff. Oh, we do. Ab- Absolutely 100%. Superb staff. Mm. And, um, and I think one of the reasons why they are so superb is because they're locals. Mm hmm. Yeah. And they know the people and the people know them. Mm-hmm. And and I think we've had good managers in the past, mm. but I think Kyle's got the advantage. 
even though he's he's got the disadvantage of being young and inexperienced, mm. but he's got the advantage of being a local. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, okay, yes, he's young and inexperienced, but what a centre to get your management experience. Oh yeah. Like Robin Vale's one of those. It, it's an anomaly within the Belgravia yeah. group, at least the the leisure centres that they manage, of it being very small, part time hours. So perfect for someone as young as Kyle to get that management experience. He does such a good job, and he's really good with his staff. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Like to, in today's Sentinel, we've got a story about um, Sienna Mannix. Yes, I saw that, yep. And um, and she, I'm, I'm not sure how old she is, but she's older than Kyle. And she, oh, I'm just trying she's to She's older yeah. than Kyle and she is full of praise for him. Mm, well, that's good. And and, and his, his management mm. ability. Mm. And see, John and him work. Fantastically well together. Yes, and and uh, and they're just so like sometimes when I'm there and some strangers, perhaps overseas people, will mm-hmm. come in to use the centre. Mm. They are so patient, mm-hmm. so helpful, so so not just helpful, but keen and eager to mm. be helpful. Yeah, and and they're so. They've, they've got a lot of pride in their hometown, and yep. that's one of the reasons why they do it. Mm. But uh, no, I think I think we're extremely fortunate. Yes, it's a bit like um, when I interviewed Damien Potaro mm. for his article in the paper, mm. and I asked him one of the things I always ask in interviews like that is what's good about Robinvale, growing up in Robinvale or, or living in Robinvale as a young person, and um, and his answer was that when he goes to Melbourne for conferences and things like that, so many of the other estate agents talk about their clients in the term of figures and numbers. Yep. Whereas to him, they're people. They're people, yeah. And it makes and, a difference. And, see, and I think that's in a small place like this, mm. people working in a leisure centre, those people who come in, even if the staff don't know them, they're people. Mm. Before they're numbers, mm. they're people. Mm. Even though Kyle keeps a very close eye on his numbers. <laughs> yes, he does. And he aspires to improving his mm. numbers and that. Mm. And... and um, you know, and I think I think it's absolutely superb. I, I mean, the hours annoy me. The other day, because in a few weeks' time, the summer times come in, mm. and in summer it opens on Tuesdays and Thursdays at eleven o'clock, instead of what's it? What is Two it now? O'clock. Oh, so yeah, that's right. Yes, because so that annoys week, me too. Yeah, last mm. uh, no, it was Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? No, mm. yeah, it was no, it was last week. I turned up yep. at eleven o'clock. And Kyle saw me and so he rang me up while I'm sitting in the car waiting for it to open to tell me that it's 2 o'clock. Yeah. And then the next time I go along and Alison's there, Alison also turned up that morning at 11 o'clock. Oh, why? Because she was following you? No, no, no. (laughs) It's just, you just, yeah, the times are really hard to cope with. But I keep explaining to people that's because we are a small place. Mm. You can't employ three people for a couple of swimmers. No, that's right. But the numbers in the morning are, are growing. Yeah, aren't they? Yeah. It's yeah. almost if you're not there at 6 o'clock, and I've been late the last week or so, <laughs> if you're not there ready to jump in at 6 o'clock, you're close to missing out on a lane to yourself. Yes, yes. And yes. what a luxury it is because when you go other places in other towns or whatever and you go for a swim at the local pool, yeah. you're sharing lanes. Yes. I, I don't like that. I didn't realise oh, that no, people I, did oh, that. Oh, I don't like that at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't no. – I'm not into well, that. especially because – I mean, they'd have to keep on passing me because yeah, well, I'm so slow. Yeah, but they have slow meeting. Even in Swan yeah, Hill, I know, the but I, I reckon once again they'd have to have a veteran's lane. 
<laughs> well, maybe they should. But the yeah. um, the temperature of the water, someone asked me the other day, I don't think it's common knowledge that um, that it's heated. Oh, we've had so many stories. See, yeah. it was heated last season with the yes. makeshift heating yes. thing yes. that the birds attacked. Yes. But, um, yeah, but see – I like it cold. I do too, yeah, especially like when you're swimming cold. laps. Yeah. And I did say to Kyle, I think it must have been Monday I jumped in and it was 26 degrees or something, and I went, oh, Kyle, I'm going to broil because mm. once you've done, you know, 30-odd laps, yeah, yeah. you're quite thirsty. Yeah, well, see, I've said to them jokingly, they should have ice blocks <laughs> sort of. <laughs> For the ducks. And and the other another interesting story in this week's paper was um, Arthur's Cassidy's yeah. retirement. Mm. Yeah. I didn't realise he'd retired. No, I didn't. And but this is this is one of the good one of the things I love about a small country town. Like I was in talking to John at the leisure centre mm. one time when I went into the pool, and John said something about Dad's retirement. I said, "What? Your Dad's retired?" And mm. Didn't tell anybody. So anyhow, it was a good story, yeah. and I I quite liked his answer to the question about um, what's the negatives about living in Robinvale. And I don't know if you read it, but it, the negative was the way other places describe Robin Vale. Oh, yeah, that in is, a yeah. Way, which mm. I think is just so true. Mm. I think that, um, I think Mildred and Swanhill both must have chips on their shoulders or something about Robin Vale's. Tall poppy syndrome, that's what it is. <laughs> it's just tall poppy syndrome. But They're just jealous. No, Arthur was really good and, and it was such a nice story in that they came here for a short time and mm. then. And they're still here. And they liked it. And mm. in the article, uh, in the answer Arthur gave me, it was they had a family mm. sit down and chat and they decided to stay. Oh, that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And now I don't know John's youngest brother. What's his name? Can you remember? Oh. Anyway, he's working at the corner shop now. Oh, right. Bless him. Right, right, yeah. Right, right, right. So there's Cassidy's all over town. Does it start with B? I can't remember. Yeah. I'm really sorry. He's tall. Uh-huh. Yes, they are all extraordinarily yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah. But that's good. Um, and mm. um, and next week we've got a story about Di Vandenberg that I've been chasing for a while because she's just retired. As yeah, well. yeah. And um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's uh, but it, it's I mean I, I think sort of a lot of people don't appreciate what they've got in Robinvale. No, you're dead right. I'm I'm addicted to news, especially world news. Mm. I studied politics and history at uni, mm. and so I'm interested in politics. I studied American politics for quite a while. Oh, can you and give us a thirty second synopsis on no, the no, U.S. election? Don't understand it. And uh, <laughs> I thought you studied it. I did. It's it's a very difficult thing to study. Yeah. But listening to like the morning of um, Luke's final run, mm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I drove in and I was sitting down at the river, having listened to the news all the way driving in. And this is when France was going through some terrorist attacks on people and people Mm. being killed and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And I got down there and I'm sitting there in the peace and quiet just watching people ambling around, watching pelicans Mm. go up the river and all this sort of stuff. And I'm thinking, God, I'm glad I live in Australia. Oh, yeah. And then as far as... Just living in Australia, I'm glad I live here. Yeah, because oh, we're we're so fortunate mm. because America is in such a mess. <sighs> but see, I don't know whether I'm going to say it on there. But see, in my studying of American politics, when the founding fathers set the whole thing up, mm. it was never meant to be a democracy. 
That's why the people don't elect the president. Yeah, okay. It's the college of electors. Yes. Because they didn't trust. The people. Like in those days, way back then, mm. you didn't automatically trust the populace mm. to be able to make a, a wise decision. Yep. So they protected themselves against that. Mm. And in those days, the only people who voted were rich white, white men. men who owned land. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and sort of, and that's why they brought in that to vote, you have to be registered. Mm-hmm. Here in Australia, you, you're sort of forced to vote. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you are forced but you're, to vote. You're not actually forced to vote. We, we don't have compulsory voting. What we have compulsory going in and getting your name ticked off. That's right. You can not vote. Yes. But but like My, America is it was a brilliant system when it first came in, mm. but it's never changed. No, much. and that's why they vote on the first Tuesday after yeah. the first Monday of the after the first Monday of the month. And I'm not even joking. That's how it's written in the Constitution. Mm. After living through, um, I lived. I was living in America during Obama's campaign, um, and. The grandfather that, and I often talk about Alan Enthoven, who's now about 98, he was um, an economist on JFK's staff um, and he was dissecting it for me one day in trying to put it in simple terms, which is not easy for an economist, but he did say to me that it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday of the month in November because of how the cattle cycles worked and the market cycles. So you would come to town after that first Monday of the month and vote then. And it has never changed. And you can see now with that system, it's blatantly obvious it's not a democracy. Oh, yeah. By that popular vote being whatever it was for Hillary. Hillary, If that was the case, Hillary Clinton would have won four years ago. Yeah, yeah. See, but it it is, it's, it's, and like, they'll never be able to change it. Mm -mm. Can't unscramble an egg. And and that, that, but you know and sort of it really worry it scares me because um, being so much close to fifty fifty mm. and with the stance that uh, Trump has taken mm. that really has um, has encouraged the uh, what would you call it the expressions of discontent yeah. amongst his followers. It's very dangerous. It is. That's a really good way to put it. The expressions of discontent. Yeah. 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 You know, he, he, ah, oh, you know, but, um, yeah, no, it really does scare me. But, but good grief, haven't we done a good job in Australia? I was saying to somebody the other day, because I'm quite political, mm. but I was saying to somebody the other day, all the governments in Australia, state and federal governments, mm. even the ones I don't agree with, I think they have all done a brilliant job. Mm. During this whole COVID, thing. oh, uh, you know, yeah, and and I haven't agreed with everything, no, and but I think, and also, I, somebody said to me one time, it was somebody from overseas, and they said to me during the COVID thing, oh, but you, you Australians like your politicians, and you'll do what they tell you to do, and I said, oh no, what? Way. I said we do what our politicians are telling us what to do in, in this COVID thing, not to please them but because it's for the good of our fellow country mm. people. Yeah, we like people. Yeah, we like our, our other people. Yeah. And and that's why we obey because it's for, like the saying, commonwealth. Mm. It's for the commonwealth, mm. for the good of the common people yeah. that we do this. Mm. And, um, you know, and I think Australians themselves need to compliment themselves mm. for, 
for what themselves the and each other i think there yeah, was yeah, there was yeah. a period there where it was everyone was very you know uh angst you know very angst driven but um yeah you're right well so, some but unfortunately like when you look on facebook and things like that and you see these people sounding off about decisions that government people have made and they they sound really i think vociferous or something mm. and they are a minority. Mm. Oh, and they 100%. Are a minority that will express their opinions on social media. Because they don't have the courage or the front to do it Possibly, in a face-to-face yeah, setting. Possibly. Because, and I've, I've encountered this time and time again, where you might get attacked or trolled or whatever the case might be. Thanks for your feedback. Could you give me a call so we can discuss this further and not in this format? Guess how many times I've ever had a phone call, John? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Yeah. 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 I, I get upset about people expressing opinions in the media anonymously. Yeah. And I, I just can't understand how the paper allows that. Mm. Sometimes in papers you can see that uh, I can understand why their name has been protected. Mm. But in some cases it's just people venting. Yeah. And that they get the right to do that in mm. paper mm. and not have their name attached to it. And uh, but, um, but, no, I think, I think our officials have mm. done a brilliant job. Mm. Well, we're through now and we're, what, 27 days in well, Victoria. One more day and we can declare ourselves... COVID-free. COVID-free. Yeah. But I, what I've tried to say in a few, couple of things in the paper was that now that everything's opened up and people from Melbourne and everywhere else can come here and we, we like them coming here, mm. um, the it's even more necessary for us to be careful. Yes, Oh, well, to yeah, absolutely. Those same things mm. like the masks, yep. the distancing, mm. and the hand washing, the sanitising, yeah. and that sort of thing. Uh, that's even more important now than perhaps it was before. Mm. The hand washing something we should be doing anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the hands that we can keep that. I'm happy to keep that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think, um, but I still see some people breaking the rules. Oh, yes. I still see some people. Mm. That's always going to happen, though, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. Doesn't the court have you noticed the courthouse? Yeah, the, sh- the shade sails and the seats. Doesn't yes. It look good? Yeah. What are your thoughts on? It does look much better because there was nothing I, there I beforehand. Said to Alison Black's been involved, and mm. Leslie Cope had been involved mm. in that. And I said I, because I went down the other day to take a photo, mm. and I think we need a fence around the courthouse. Yeah, because when you look at it, when you look at it. All you can see is Fisher's backyard. Yeah, there's plans afoot with that though. To put up some sort of – like I, I think I think Fisher's backyard is kept neat and tight. Yes. I, I, but it just doesn't look good when mm. you're trying to highlight mm. the beauty of a particular setting. Mm. And and because I had to stand outside the op shop to get a photo. Oh, so yeah. It, it, it avoided the background yes. of – Fishers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have been talking to Alan Fisher, who is a big supporter of this podcast through his business, Fisher Developments, and he has got a plan to use that vacant block um, so they can extend, take the bottle shop out of the main building and extend oh, the supermarket right, and put right. the, a standalone bottle shop oh, slash licence cafe right. on that corner block. Um, we've spoken to him a couple of times on this um, on this podcast. So, um, But Richie's are kind of going, no, we don't want to do that. So, you know, again, it's that. Yeah, it was, mm. See, I was just thinking of some brush 
fence type. Yeah. Something. A hedge fence would be nice. Yeah, it just yeah, it's mm. just um mm. but um yeah. Next time I talk to him I'll ask him. And and I I still think I think it's terrific that you have other languages on your podcast. Mm. We've got to get Jack in to do the uh, CFA fire restrictions of yeah, pushing a message at the moment. So I still, the other day, I, I'm not going to say where it was, but as I was driving into town on Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. I saw a green bin with a yellow lid mm. and with plastic oh. coming out the top. Mm. And when I went home that night, I knew damn well it wouldn't have been picked no. up. No. We've got to get that message in other languages. Yes, and we're working on that, actually. Because I I rang up Planet Ark Mm. one time when it was International Recycling Day. Yep. And they had all these beautiful, fantastic posters, and I rang them up to find out if they had them in other languages. Mm. Oh, we're thinking about that. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, stop thinking about it. And just do it. Do it. And she said, what language language are you interested in? I said, well... I'm interested in multiple languages. Yes, there's about 42 we could use here. Thanks very much. But, but um, I don't know. I don't know whether we need to go and visit those people. Or well, there something. there is a little project that um, we've been working on, and you know, some things sometimes other bigger issues pop up and things get pushed down the priority list. But we've been um, discussing having a um, just a media campaign, so story in the paper, things like that, and then offering free weekends at uh, at the tip, um, getting Clontarf involved. You know, it would be lovely to be able to clean up the, the side of the highways. Vic roads don't allow anyone to do that pretty much and they won't do it themselves. Anyway, that's another whole other issue. But um, it's being worked on. It's been addressed and we kind of have to See, do a bit of work with I parks feel, as I well. Feel, I know I, I haven't got a long driveway but I've got a longer driveway than people in town. Mm. It's a real pain to take the two bins out. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking and some of these bins that I see with non-recyclable stuff in them mm. are very, very long driveways. Yes, yes. And I'm thinking that poor person has dragged that out there mm-hmm. and then is probably wondering why the hell hasn't it been collected? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's just something that I notice and I, I worry about. Mm. But um, and what else is happening? I'm trying to think what else. See, you've caught me unawares. See, yeah. Jade just saw me. I've caught you unawares and yet we've managed to fill 20-odd minutes. Oh, I, I can talk for days. <laughs> but I'm trying to think what else is in next week's paper. Um, oh, the red regent parrot. Oh, yes. The red regent parrot. No, no, no. I, I was going to say. Oh. The regent parrot. Yep. I've been chasing this story for a while because there's a new sign over at Euston mm. uh, that uh, – Somebody's that they've put up. Yeah, okay. It's got all this information about the region parrot. Yep. And um, the Houston Club is very interested in trying to promote that in a big way, mm. similar to the way that Lake Tyrrell yeah. is promoted mm-hmm. because uh, we're one of the places that has got the region parrot yeah. still. Yeah, and lots of them. And, um, yeah, yeah. And so Farmers don't like them much. Oh. <laughs> I know they're very pretty and people do like them and they're an endangered species. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there's 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 a few of them. Well, see, I've been trying to talk the staff at the Leisure Centre into getting a licence to catch and, um, and, and dress the wild ducks because, 
you know, I can remember when I was a kid, we used to eat wild duck and it was delicious. You're not going to kill that family of ducks that lives in oh, the, the leisure centre. That, yes. But where's Dad? He's, I don't he's, know. He's gone. I don't know. And I said I'm pretty to, attached to that little family, I though. I said to John the other day when I was early in the morning, and I said, I thought there were six. And he said, oh, there were the, – the, I, I thought there was four. And he said, oh, I think there were six. Mm. So they have lost half. Mm. But uh, Dad comes back every now and then. I reckon he's got a something. he's got a mistress yeah, he's up got, the yeah. upstream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God! But, uh, they, they, it is quite interesting, and they're quite tame. That yeah, they family. really are. That family is very, very tame. They are. They were actually on the side of the pool because I was on yeah. the the closest side to the wall the other day, and they were just in there with me. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I reckon because, but. I don't know whether why, mm. but there seems to be less evidence of the ducks around the pool. I'm wondering this if year. has Kyle been? Have they been? They might be cleaning it more often. I was going to say maybe they're either cleaning it more often, but there's very little evidence of the ducks in the water either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's because of the solar blankets that he puts on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. John, thank you so much for coming right. in at very no notice. It's much appreciated. Anytime. And um, we'll read the paper. If you want to hear about anything that John's had to say today, pick up the Robin Bale Sentinel either this week or next week and for a list of the Black both Friday. Weeks, both weeks. Every week. Both. Or subscribe online. You can get it online in your mailbox no, on I Wednesday like, nights I like too. the feel of the paper. Yeah, I do like the feel of the paper now. <laughs> Um, since oh, it's been yeah, getting done yeah, in Sea yeah, Lake, yeah, oh my yeah, goodness, it's yeah. very luxurious. And the photos are so They're much, much better, better, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. All right, John, thanks Thank very you. much. You know where Santa shops, right? Do you know where he shops for kids like me? At Ronvale Appliances and Furniture Zone. They've got loads and loads and loads of cool toys, like scooters and bikes for my little brother. He's got a place for me to call his Nino. I've also got things for my big brother. Things for my big sister, like science experience, crafty things, and water toys. There's even presents for my dad. Really big TVs and things for my mum. I'd know what they do. That's what she tells dad she wants. You should shop where Santa shops. Because that's where the cool things are. At Romvale Appliances and Furniture Zone. Dang and Dong. Sounds like a comedy duo, but it's just Jack talking about all things Vietnamese. <laughs> it's been a while, Jack. It has. How are you? Let me turn your microphone up. That would help. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Busy. Yeah. But good. Excellent. Awesome. Um, we need to talk about CFA fire restrictions. Yes, I um, got a uh, message here from uh, our CFA uh, friends at the uh, – <laughs> probably. <laughs> our friends at the CFA That's the who are all volunteers in Robinvale and we thank them for their service. But it's important that we do these messages, I think. I'm just trying to pull it up at the moment. Um, it is important that we do these messages in multiple languages because – it affects everybody, so yeah. we need to be able to communicate, and that's what we do here. Yep. Robinvale CFA. We're always neighbours to somebody. Well, that's exactly right. So, um, I suppose the crux of the message is, and this is there's a fair bit on their 
uh, Facebook page at the moment. If you haven't seen it, then please do check it out. The Robinvale Basketball Association won some stuff. I saw it on pop it up on my Facebook page. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, that that's kind of cute. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, they did Northwest Region Community Safety Team ran a competition, and Robinvale won. Robinvale Basketball Association won. So, yay! Awesome, terrific. But we are talking about the fire restriction season and what goes on, what you can and can't do on different days of. Uh, well, you just can't do. You can't do <laughs> no. You just pre- can't and do. you know what? That that's you're on yeah. the side of caution. Yeah. Just don't. In fact, don't light a fire yeah. without a permit but at uh, all. The the message I got is actually more about uh, keeping your grass low and uh, clear of um, fine fuel. Fine fuel. Yes. Oh, yeah. does that translate into Vietnamese? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you said that because I put on Google Translate. It just put and it says fine. Hang on, fuel. wait, wait. <laughs> translate. Are you doing all of your translations in Google Translate? Help. <laughs> Google Translate helps you. Is it accurate? Is Google Translate accurate? It is very accurate, but in small portions. Like you can't put mean? a paragraph. Oh, okay. So short sentences? Yep. Perfect. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because I, I kind of go, oh, well, I don't know. And uh, sometimes you can put it better. Yeah. Um, and that it doesn't do. Mm. So you just have to find that other vocabulary to make it mm. better. Yeah. So that's what I do. I suppose it's I, it's I a struggle f- with the spelling rather than the actual grammar. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I use the uh, translation for. Yeah, so. right. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. So I will let you do your your message for the Robinvale CFA Fire Brigade in Vietnamese. Now, just sit nice and close to the microphone, Jack. Yeah, but just um be prepared to pause, yeah, because I'm going <cười> to stuff this up like this. Here we go. Thông báo từ cơ quan chữa lửa nông thôn quốc gia. À, cỏ cháy, lửa có bắt đầu siêu nhanh và đi di chuyển siêu lẹ. Năm nay, chúng tôi dự đoán một mùa hè rất nóng và khô khan. Vui lòng giữ cho nhà của bạn và hàng xóm của bạn không có nhiều liệu trái vui lợi cất cắt cỏ thấp và tạo một khoảng không gian an toàn có thể bảo vệ được xung quanh tài sản của bạn hãy vui lòng chia sẻ thông tin này với bạn bè và hàng xóm của bạn giúp họ giúp chúng tôi giúp bạn bây giờ là mùa nguy hiểm hỏa hoạn và các giới hạn hỏa hoạn đã được áp dụng đừng đốt lửa trong khung khu vực mở mang mà không có giấy phép vào những ngày cấm lửa châm lửa đốt cỏ có thể bị cảnh sát truy truy tố và nhiều mà nếu xảy ra thiệt hại về tài sản hoặc đến những người khác bạn có thể bị giam bạn có thể cập nhật thông tin trên trang The Vell Podcast Facebook hoặc truy cập trang web cfavic.gov.au slash home. Clearly there's no translation for the Vale podcast either. <laughs> podcast, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you saw him up That's funny. Or CFA. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So I guess the crux of that was getting rid of your, especially after all the lightning that's been around lately. Yeah. The main message is 
Keep your grass low. Keep your grass low and low in fuel. Mm, um, fine fuel. Fine fuel. Mm. And haystack fires are an issue at the moment as well. Uh, haystacks and also the um, uh, the husk, they have a capacity to auto-combust. Mm. So they just mm. pop. Mm. And that's why there's a lot of fires yeah. this time of year when it's hot and there's a lot of harvest going on. Yeah. Anyway. Which can be quite devastating, but also recreational fires. Don't be lighting fires on the riverbank. We can't do that at the no, moment. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just don't. Just do it. God, could you imagine if a spark went up? In and I think about that all the time when I see people camped along the river at the moment yeah, yeah. on days of total fire ban lighting fires. And I will just go and say, don't like if that big fire barbecue. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So really depends how big they are. I wouldn't. Yeah, but just don't don't do it. If it's day of f- total fire, and I was talking no, I'm to the size of the person. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but you're only little. <laughs> I'm scary enough. I don't care. Um, but I was talking to a member of the CFA this morning, and she was saying that if you light a fire on a day of total fire ban, yeah. um, and it causes injury, it's yep. a, now a jailable offence. You can go to jail for manslaughter. Yeah, I just read that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise to be honest. I'm below. Well, no, there's the, a lot of new laws around that. And workplace, all, lots of issues, but yeah, it's um, it is prosecutable to the full extent of the law if you light fires on a to- day of total fire ban. Now, so don't do it. We don't need a fire now anyway. For it's so hot. Yeah, why mm. would you? I don't know, Jack. Thanks very much. Thank much you. Appreciate it. Have you got any more for us? Uh, no, that's it for now. Thank you. Okay, I'm nervous enough. <laughs> Please, I thought you'd be over it by now. Oh, uh, just never. <laughs> <laughs> Are you considering commercial development? Fisher Developments can develop your commercial dream. They specialise in commercial tilt slab construction and have a large portfolio of completed builds. Fisher Developments have their own fleet of machinery consisting of excavators to 35 tonne graders, water trucks and rollers suitable for most development projects. Fisher Developments are compliant with detailed performance standards, cost management, compliance requirements and ISO 9001 quality, AS4801 and FSC safety and ISO 14001 environmental management standards. Get full details with a phone call to Craig, but you can start on the website fisherdevelopments.com.au. News for the Vale with Federal Member for Mallee, Dr Anne Webster. Not with me, Nova 100's Nicole Gunn from Coronavirus Central of Melbourne, but these podcasters from Robinvale. I should maybe get Gunners to update your intro. It's no longer Coronavirus Central, is it? No. No, no it certainly is. But it's very flash. Yeah, it is very flash. I, I feel very special. Mm. Mm. Um, I will get it updated at some point, though, now that she's no longer busy and having donut days. Every day. Welcome, Dr. Webster. Thank you very much, Jade. Fabulous to be here and congratulations to you on your election to the Swan Hill Council. Oh, thanks. It was – I did say that if I didn't get back onto council, I need to rethink my life choices given that (laughs) one of those is branding and marketing. If I couldn't lift my own brand, then I seriously need to reconsider. So – well, I, lucky. Yeah, lucky exactly. Through, hey? mm, exactly. Otherwise, I might just go and drive tractors, <laughs> <laughs> which would probably be more financially uh, lucrative. But anyway, um, so you are back out on the road mm. now that we're all in this 
post-COVID type scenario, which is nice. Look, it's almost normal, Mm. almost. I'll be very glad when the uh, masks are off completely. Mm. Uh, That would be great. Um, But, look, honestly, being able to see people, we did all outdoor mobile offices over the last couple of days, every town we went to, just because we didn't have to wear a mask. And I could see people's faces and they could hear what I was saying. Mm. So, yeah, no. It is nice to see people's faces again, oh, isn't, isn't it? isn't it lovely? Yeah. Although the other day I was in Swan Hill mm-hmm. when we could take the masks off, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it's a bit weird. It feels weird now being outside without a mask. But how nice to be able to see people smiling and right. recognise people that Did I haven't Did you done. notice that, that when people were wearing masks and even within yourself that you kind of stop being that expressive, warm, friendly because you're hidden behind a mask anyway, so what was the point? Yeah, and I, yeah, absolutely. And I think it was also I didn't recognise people. Yes. But so it was kind of head down, get from A to B without seeing people so you didn't ignore people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you didn't, uh, yeah, mess it up. Mm. Look, uh, I'm just pleased that we've mo- we're moving on. We're mm. moving on. And I think that uh, the positive factor is that the states are beginning to have a little confidence that they can manage this without closing borders. December 1 cannot come around fast enough for everybody in Mali. Um, And I'm sure everyone in New South Wales as well, you know, being able to get through to Queensland, uh, it's just given everybody a little bit of a, you know... A zip of oxygen yeah. in our veins. Mm. Uh, we can now start getting Christmassy. That's right, yeah. exactly. I've got my Christmas tree up. Have you really? I have. Oh, you're not one of those. No, I'm not. But the Yes, fact you are. Is, no, I'm not. <laughs> I have to go to Canberra on Monday, Sunday actually, mm. and it'll be two weeks. So I don't get back till midway through December. That's a little late for me. I like mm. the Christmas tree up by <laughs> December 1. It's done. It's uh, November 25. I know. Yeah. I know. Mm. Okay, well, you're Whatever floats your boat. But, no, I've, I did tell the kids that uh, we're not putting the Christmas tree up until it's December, and I will stand by that. Our elf on the shelf has also been a victim of coronavirus this year. Oh, poor elf. Yeah, so no elf for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, my grandkids had a blast putting the Christmas tree up and putting all the baubles on, and I have a, a uh, four-year-old who said, Happy Christmas, everyone, every bauble she put on the tree. Oh. So it was a very joyous occasion. Oh, that's cute, though. That's <laughs> really cute. Are your grandkids in Mildura? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So let's get down to talking about what you've been – so you've been in Robinvale today with a mobile office outside. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Yes. Hot. Yes. I've mm. uh, been also over to Matt Maraca's engineering, going through all of his sheds this afternoon, and believe me, that was quite oh, warm. Yeah, and all of his sheds. All like, of his sheds. Booming business out there. Absolutely incredible. All commendations to that young man, mm. I can say that, because I'm twice his age probably. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he's just doing incredibly well. Mm. And, uh, yeah, look, we're going to continue working with Matt to try and sort out some of these employee you know, bringing in employees and, you know, we're just having talks about how do we generate excitement about working mm. for our young people in Australia mm. to take up these really phenomenal businesses to step into that visionary space. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, yes, it is work. Mm. It is hard work, but there's a lot of reward with hard work. Oh, absolutely. And he's proof of that. Like he has totally. worked hard. You know, um, he did an apprenticeship 
didn't he? Yes. An engineering apprenticeship. And we've been talking about this a lot mm. uh, recently about the pros and cons of going to university and not and taking up an apprenticeship while you're still at school, at least while uh, VCAL's still around. Mm. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But um, so, yes, okay, it's hard work in the beginning, but Matt would be lucky to be 30, I reckon. Look, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that he's 33. Is he? And, 33? Uh, he's 33 wow. and absolutely cooking an incredible business. Yeah. Uh, and, yep, look, we just want to see more of that take place. I want to see more of that take place in Mali mm. and uh, we'll support any manufacturing businesses in Mali uh, in whatever way. I've left Matt with the promise of speaking to particular ministers that we need outcomes from. We need change in policy settings so that businesses can thrive, mm. not just survive uh, difficult policy settings. So, yeah. Mm. Um, and you've got an office in Swan Hill as well, talking yes. about the boom in manufacturing. Have yeah. you been out to that industrial area? Yes, yeah. Yeah, incredible. Amazing. Yeah, incredible. I've just been blown away by the manufacturing in Mali. Mm. Even uh, I think it might have been the beginning of COVID or maybe early on in COVID that I was still doing the rounds of manufacturing. And, um, look, it's just exciting. I was saying to Matt that my dad was an engineer, my father-in-law was an engineer. I was taken to many sheds where <laughs> there were many machines. <laughs> mm. And, uh, you know, isn't this amazing? Well, not as a kid, but, yeah. you know, I certainly appreciate it. Mm. And uh, our Australian manufacturing needs, you know, a boost in the arm and the support. Uh, there are a lot of businesses that are just going gangbusters mm. and uh, we want to see them thrive. Yeah. Um, and it is just, even in Moore Street here, the manufacturing and that industrial space. I mean, we always talk about how this is the food bowl of Australia and we're such a productive agricultural centre. Yep. But what goes along with that is having local suppliers mm -hmm. so that we can be mm -hmm. just that. And it's the flow on effect, I think. Mm -hmm. So all working together mm -hmm. um, and having a collaborative policy and framework around that would see this area in particular and all of Mallee and all of Australia, if we can bring some manufacturing back here. Oh, absolutely. Happy Look, days. Our supply chains are reliant on not only the raw material, um, of which we have plenty in Australia, uh, but it's also based on education being available. Um, you know, you look at suppliers like Sunny TAFE or La Trobe Uni or um, Federation Uni or any of the universities, uh, they are well and truly punching above their weight in what they can provide. I mean, we were looking, having left Matt's um, business, we were looking at what courses are available at SunnyTafe, free courses up to Certificate 4 in Engineering. Um, free courses? Free courses. So, you know, I think young people need to think outside the box because there is a future and a career. There are careers, you know, global careers, mm. but in particular in Australia to be had uh, for young people who want to step into that. It's not I, – I think what we have to do as um, older Australians also is to stop thinking university is the answer. Yep. An academic degree or two or three or whatever you want to do – is not the sign of success. It is a sign of success, but equally uh, people who work in trades and develop business um, are the bedrock oh, of Australia. Yeah, 100%. And we've been doing um, a, f a series of podcasts over the last month just given uh, the state of our senior students at the moment and feeling like they've had the last year of, year you know, high school 
ripped from them due to COVID. Um, but don't stress. If you don't get into uni, it's not the be-all and end-all. And we had Skip Rogers from Pioneer Ford in here uh, last week talking about how he – found himself so far in front, having done a school-based apprenticeship and staying at school for those extra couple of years and then coming out a qualified mechanic yeah. at 19. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. hello. Yeah. yeah, no brainer. So, well, I'm glad you went out, out to Matt's. It is, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That business. So. Yeah, we were discussing extra sheds and more concrete. I think it's <laughs> going to continue on. <laughs> well, Go, Matt. Exactly. Now, let's talk about China because there's been a lot of talk about uh, – whether we're getting dressed up to go to a dinner that we don't know if we're invited to as far as our export table grapes in the area go. What's the update? Yeah, look, it's not just table grapes, obviously. Stone fruit um, have been to see me about this as well. We've had numerous communications with ministers. I've spoken with um, David Littleproud and Simon Birmingham's office and the concerns are there. Everyone's reading it in the paper that uh, we don't know which way China is going to go. Mm. Um, and the advice that I have is that businesses do need to weigh up the risk given the behaviours, you know, mm. the past is a good sign of how the future is going, uh, and uh, consider those seriously. Uh, I, I realise and I hear it from growers that the other um, – I was going to say injunction, but suggestion or direction, if you like, from um, our ministers is that diversification is wise. I do understand that growers have spent a period of years often building their importing relationships, their Mm. exporting relationships with importers in foreign countries and that that you just can't replace that overnight. Like I get that. Mm. but the reality is that the, the steps not need to be made because the first and uh, critical commitment of the federal government is to our sovereignty. It will not be traded away mm. under any circumstances. Mm. And um, China is, uh, is an unknown quantity, I think is the best way for me to describe it. You know, we would like to think that the free trade agreement of which they've just signed up with the other 14 countries is going to mean something um, and that um, the endeavours of growers to manage their biosecurity and all of the issues that they need to manage will keep them in the running for a successful export trade. Mm. But it can't be guaranteed. Mm. I mean, all we need to do is look at what has been going on. Yeah. There is no guarantee. And uh, I am being told that while China might talk about, um, you know, the problems with Australia, the reality is that quite possibly on the ground the imports will just continue as they are. Mm. There may be the odd stoppage, there may be the odd pause, but it's that lack of certainty that I know is uh, worrying growers and understandably – uh, I can also say that um, the federal government are working to develop the Indian trade. Obviously, the cool storage component is mm. a problem. Yeah. Um, what do we talk, call that? The cold chain. Cold chain, thank yeah. you. Uh, the cold chain 
processes are a problem in India because yeah. once you get it out on a street stall, guess mm-hmm. what? It doesn't last very it long. It doesn't last very long. <laughs> no, not in 50 doesn't, degree doesn't heat. It <laughs> doesn't look pretty very long at all. No. And, uh, so, yeah, look, that's problematic. And so the, in, the Australian government is looking at how we can assist India. Mm. But obviously that's not going to be a – two weeks now and it's going to be solved, Mm. Um, those issues need to go on. Obviously our other trading partners, um, which growers will be more familiar with even than I am, of course, in terms of Japan, Bangladesh, Vietnam, Mm -hmm. um, who have I missed out? Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah, I'm leaving out that big one right there. (laughs) Um, Obviously the the issues that we went through last year with Indonesia, which plenty of people, including me, lost sleep over, Mm. um, we have a free trade agreement. Yep. We have but. a free trade agreement. That's exactly right. How does that actually work out on the ground? I just think that uh, Australia is doing everything it can to ensure that that Australian businesses um, are treated respectfully and can successfully trade. But there are two parties here yeah. you know mm. that's the deal with exports mm. and uh we need indonesia to meet play, us halfway play nicely yeah just play nicely yeah there's a like you said there's a free trade agreement make it worth the paper that it's written on yeah that would be nice that's thanks right. very much that's right. and you wouldn't have thought and we spoke about this earlier you wouldn't have thought that there would be any question once you've got that agreement signed but not everyone has i suppose the business ethics that australia does no that's right unfortunately but um it's look it's always that's farming there's always something at the beginning of of every season there is always a stress and like donnie was saying last last week you know the income comes from january to april Mm. and then you've got nothing for the rest of the year so it gets to november december and the stress starts because you know you want to yes. make sure that you're going to be able to get the best income for your family and for your business that yep. you possibly can. So, And nobody wants containers sitting in ships or on wharves. No. Nobody wants no. that. Nobody at all. So, look, I can say that um, Minister Birmingham and Minister Little Proud have and continue to work to ensure that our farmers um, are treated well, mm. that their exports are successful, but as I say, it's, it's a two-sided street. It is, and we were also having a conversation last week as far as the two-sided street goes. There are other markets, but historically they've been unreliable, not unreliable as far as taking them, but as mm. far as – paying for the product and that they're receiving. So, you know, we talk about diversification, how we should be doing that, but there are only so many, if historically you've been burned and when you're sending containers to other markets Mm. and you don't receive any payment for them, that's a huge loss that growers have to suffer. So um, it would be nice if those free trade agreements were worth the money, the paper that they're written on. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I think I think also ensuring that Australia has a fair go on those agreements. Mm. So, I mean, I've spoken with Fred Gisoni, uh, most of your listeners I'm sure would know, and um, he tells me that only three of the um, older grape varieties in terms of table grapes are taken into Japan, mm. uh, whereas other countries, whether they're South American or otherwise, are able to um, trade – 
and I use his word, hip varieties. <laughs> the hip trendy varieties. ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the trendy ones. Um, and, you know, that, that puts Australia really on a bit of a back foot. Well, mm. you know, that's something that I'm going to be taking up with um, the Agricultural Minister and the Trade Minister because I need to understand why that is the case and to advocate that it change. Yeah. Fred was in here talking about that. Uh, last week Mm. Um, and yeah some really interesting conversations and and that's the thing I think growing and I said this to Fred in this area in and right throughout Mallee and this part of the country we've got some of the most innovative growing practices and growers and progressive uh, growers out there that do all these put these new varieties in and change their practices to um to accommodate the water situation or the climate or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, mm. So, you know, there's a lot to be learned there and why them, but again, overseas, why they won't take Thompson's and just want red globes and I don't know, maybe it's a cultural thing, but if you find out, please let us know. Oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> Great. I will. Um, so the state budget was out yesterday and there was some money there, $10 million for the Robin Vale Sea Lake Road, so that's terrific mm-hmm. it's not the 30 million that we wanted but it's fine um the murray basin rail project now this is a contentious issue uh there was some money there for that which was about 20 percent of what's needed uh, way less than 20 percent jade oh wasn't the agreement in 2014 a 50 50 split between the state and feds correct yeah and so, so it failed miserably, which anyone who reads the Victorian Auditor General's report would know uh, was a failure of the Victorian state government to deliver the project on time, on budget. Um, they walked away from it in 2018 and uh, now we're at a position where, look, to complete the original project um, in, its, in its original business case form, not the new business case, uh, is around about, I am informed, $1.2 billion. So the state government offering $48.8 million mm. is a spit in a bucket. Mm. And I think um, fundamentally we should be utterly uh, frustrated and um, dismayed. I can think of a few other adjectives. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but... The- the frustrating part, I think, for people up here is if we take freight off rail, it ends up on the roads. That's right. The roads are Deteriorate. deteriorating. Yeah. Um, in a lot of places, including here, we don't have grid networks as yet to get a double trucks down some roads, which is something that I'm working on within council at the moment. Uh, but if we had that rail project completed by now as it was supposed to be in the original business case, mm-hmm. this would be a far less issue. In fact, it would be – there'd be happy days. There'd be trains running That's from right. from Bannerton to Menangatang to, you know, through that whole rail network as it should be. Exactly. And uh, for the state government to come out and say, well, you know, the federal government, you need to cough up 100 – we'd like you to cough up another $195 million. It will be a piecemeal. Even if the federal government agreed to that, and I'm pushing – much harder than that, Mm. Um, that will still only be a piecemeal fix. It's not a completion of the business case. I think the state government has let stakeholders down significantly not by not providing the full business case for review. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still not happened. 
So, and it, the executive summary is so redacted, nobody would have any clue what it's actually costing anywhere. Um, I, I feel that uh, my only job is to put further pressure on both the state government, which I continue to do, um, and to see what we can do at a federal level. The, pro- the, the problem that we have is that these rail networks are state. Mm. So, uh, you know, Vic Rail are responsible for them. Mm. If the ARTC takes it on, if the federal government takes any section of this line on, which has been suggested to me, mm. then the federal government becomes responsible for the maintenance of the rail that it effectively takes over. Mm. So not only does it get the cost that the state government was actually funded to complete, mm-hmm. it then has to take on the responsibility of the maintenance. Um, my concern and the concern that has been raised with me is that uh, people don't want more good money thrown after bad mm-hmm. if the state government is actually not capable of operationalising and completing even the revised business case or the partial revised business case, whatever it is oh, they're yeah. actually offering us. And, and what, what is the revised business case and why was it revised in the first place? Well, they give all kinds of reasons. But again, we're not given the full report to actually be able to judge for ourselves. No, which leads then the public perception to be that that money ended up in a tunnel under Melbourne. Pretty well. Yeah. And if no they're evidence, not, no evidence. No, no evidence. Of Don't course, take me to court. I can't recall. <laughs> but no, there's no evidence of that. But that's the public perception. And yeah. if there is no evidence to the contrary, that yeah. will continue to be, particularly up here, where you know, okay, there was a bit of money pushed north uh, in yesterday's state budget, but it still doesn't solve this problem that is an ongoing problem that's now six years since it should have been solved. I just think it is so utterly disrespectful Mm. to the contribution that Mali makes to the Australian uh, GDP and to the economy Mm. that it is insulting, Mm -hmm. utterly insulting, and further evidence that our Premier cannot see past the Golden Triangle. Yeah, and that's it, that gets back to throughout this whole COVID thing, it's become blatantly apparent, and I've said this to many people, it's not – there was one Sunday um, press conference from old mate that I was left – I can't even remember the words he said apart from, oh, I haven't got my notes, I'll get them later, regarding regional, regional Victoria, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, that Sunday. Again, I can't remember the words, but it's the way I've been left feeling after he's spoken to me because yes. he's speaking to me, he's speaking to you, he's speaking to everyone that lives up here and being left feeling, you're exactly right, left insulted by the incompletion of this rail project. And, yes, yeah, some people that uh, that may think there is other priorities, mm, your priority is probably your family um, and having a lot of trucks off the road would improve the safety on the roads for a start and, the, you know, save the deterioration. We can go on and on. But the way that regional Victoria does continue to just feel insulted and offended mm-hmm. every time that the there afterthought. is The afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Like we are just an afterthought. And you're right, the amount of money and uh, contribution that Mally makes to our whole country's GDP mm-hmm. is – Insane, and we should be treated with respect. That's all we want. That's exactly right. And look, to hear that in the budget yesterday there was a further $55 million for the Geelong 
rail that apparently will save commuters five minutes. Yeah, thanks very much. $55 million, like even more mm-hmm. than we have been offered by the state government for the entire Ma- um, Murray Basin Rail project. Yep. is. Disgraceful. It's dis- disgraceful is the only word I can find. I keep trying to think of another word, but it is disgraceful. Yeah, it is disgraceful, and it's so frustrating. But it is. It's then covered up by all of this good news with the money for the Mildura South Sporting Precinct with the ten million dollars, which is a third of what we need. It's great. It's a start, but it's a third of what we need to reconstruct the Robin Vale Sea Lake Road. You know, yes, push the money up here mm. and put some, you know, yeah, there's millions there. But in comparison to that, for the Geelong line, mm. are you serious? Mm. Mm. No, it's. I'm just lost. I, I, I'm honestly lost, lost for, for words. words. Yeah. I totally agree. And I just, I, I really have a hard and that's time. Hard for both of us, Jade. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for both of us to be sitting here lost for words that this whole concept is. Remarkable, really. Yes. Um, yeah, but what's the solution? Is there a silver bullet here? No. There's, there's not, no is there? Sil- it's just back to the grind. It's, um, you know, I will be in Canberra this week. I will be wearing a track to the DPM's office one more time about mm. this same issue. I will be going back to stakeholders as I continue doing. Uh, the stakeholders, of course, across Mali have uh, diverse views, I will say, not mm. Every person is singing from the same hymn sheet, but largely they are. Are they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Largely they are. It is It's. It is very interesting because you do hear and because, I, you know, I spend a lot of time at Network House here talking to a lot of people with a lot of different views and it does become interesting and you can take different perspectives. Mm. Um, but then when you start to analyse facts and mm. figures, mm. again, you get – frustrated, to put it politely. Yeah, that's right. Mm. No, watch this space. Mm. It will be very, very interesting. There was an interesting – I won't go into who I was talking to this morning, but they gave a very interesting analysis of the state budget and the funds that were – that are coming up here after that state budget. But that's a conversation not for the podcast. Okay. Yes, very interesting. Well, it's lovely to have you back in Robin Vale. Thanks lovely for popping to be in. Here. Did you Always have a nice been. lunch at Loft? Yes, we did. Did you get time to eat? Uh, half. Oh, good. Well, yeah. that's that's a start. Half's good. Yeah. Half is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cherries, where did the box of cherries come from? Well, that came from a lovely man, um, Ian Boyd. I thought it was uh, – anyway, Ian was lovely and mm. um, retired dairy farmer and he brought – he went and he said, how long are you here for? And I said, oh, another 15 minutes. He said, I'll be back. So off he went and he got his a box of cherries for us. So I brought some for you. Oh, thanks. Lovely. Cherries are beautiful at the moment too. Yeah. Have you been into the box yet? Uh, one or two. They're delicious. Yes. Yes, one or two. So you may take a handful for your family. Great. They're not going to make to it office. home. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Um, well, they have to. No, they don't. We've got a few people to feed. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a handful, but they're not making it right to my house <laughs> at the very least. Well, thank you for coming. How many more? Um, so you're in Canberra for a couple of weeks. Are you Two doing weeks. any more mobile offices yes. around Mallee? Yes. So I'm down to Horsham, Warwick, Nabeel, 
Where are we? John is sitting here. He doesn't know. He puts the what's, diary what's he? I was going to say, isn't he your hey, diary man? Yeah, I like how you spell that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so you're be. around. Yeah. Excellent. In December, the week before Christmas. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So Excellent. it's been a, such a weird year. Mm. Because normally, of course, we do a lot more mobile offices and we would be going out and meeting people and... Mm. So it's been it's been strange for all of us, mm. and um, meant that I've had my feet on the floor in my house mm. far more often than I did last year. So that has been a nice bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, back out on the road. Excellent. Well, mm. call in next time you're in Robinvale. We will. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming. If you need a lay down after that episode of the Vale, find a new couch, mattress, or bed at Robinvale Appliances and Furniture Zone.